audience of the Witten Whiskey cast. We're back, sort of, kind of, maybe. It's not quite the official beginnings of season three, but we thought we would pop in and do another little holiday special here uh, for Memorial Day. I am, of course, Marcus Eddie Jr., as always, accompanied by my partner in crime, the great DJ Gagnon. Hey, everybody, we're back with Toast Part 2. We are back with Toast Part 2. We're, we're sipping a little bit for the fallen today. It is Memorial Day, so to anyone listening who's ever served, thank you. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, my my brother is in the Marines, so uh, shout out, buddy. Yes, so this is a, a big special day uh, for all of us. I mean, I know we, you know, and everyone listening probably has friends or family that are in the military, so we thought we'd do a little quickie sort of half episode here, and we'll make make a few toasts for the holiday and uh, for the new season coming. What uh, what have you been up to, buddy, in our little, you know, downtime here? Uh, all sorts of stuff. Um, Holly and I both got uh, shots one and two of the vaccination. Uh, so we're, I think as we record this, I will have been fully immune. No, wait. As we release this, I will have been fully immune uh, for two days. So that'll be, that'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Time is hard, people. Time is just a human construct anyway. Um, it is. Uh, other than that, I've just been trying to uh, beat my backlog of video games and re- finish off some books, finish some house stuff. Uh, we planted a cherry tree, so it's been like the saga of the the tiny bird nest that somehow got created in the time it took between Holly bringing the tree home and us planting it in the ground. Yeah, I mean, that checks out. Yeah, so that's been fun. And uh, other than that, just... I uh, got some cool work stuff going on, so I should I should be able to actually talk about that next week. But hush hush, mum's the word. I know nothing. I <laughs> see nothing. They just pay me to sit here and drink some whiskey. <laughs> it's so true. How about you, buddy? Oh, it's been a chaotic couple of weeks. Uh, you know, we've caught up with work a little bit. We we're starting to actually do some events here because PA is. Uh, Actually, today, as we record this, Memorial Day, uh, all restrictions are officially off here in Pennsylvania. We are uh, gone green again. Now, whether or not that's a good thing, we will see, but uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about it, personally. Uh, I have had both my shots, and as we record this, I am fully immune for, what, four days now. Last Wednesday was two weeks, so four days now, five days now, however long it's been. Mm. Uh, Indy 500 was yesterday. The that, without a doubt the greatest motor race in America, and it's it's not even close. But it's it's still you know it goes back and forth between my greatest in the world. It's between uh, the Indy 500 and the 24 Hours at Le Mans. I think this year the Indy 500 might just take it. It was a legitimately competitive race. It was a close race, and uh, it was the biggest event in the world in terms of people. They were allowed to have 145,000 people, biggest crowd anywhere on earth since COVID started. Uh, it's barely 30%. I mean, the track could actually hold something like 450,000, but just to still have a, a good crowd that actually was there and was into it and was making noise. I mean, Castro has made that pass on the second to the last lap, and the engines actually kind of got drowned out a little bit because the people just stood on their feet and everything. So. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe I'm a hopeless romantic. But to me, that was kind of a hope spot. Like, kind of like, hey, maybe we did it. Maybe we turned the corner here. This that, is kind of normal. That is pretty exciting. It's it's weird to be contemplating, like, travel later this year. 
Right? Yeah. I like I'm thinking about maybe going somewhere in the fall with Holly. There's a chance of getting together at the end of the year. You know, there's oh man. It it's it's like there's light at the end of this tunnel and we might actually be basking in it soon. Annie and I actually had this like almost exact conversation last night and she said to me, We're not going anywhere for the summer, are we? And I said, Well, I don't really know and then she got quiet and she's like, But we like could now and I said, I know, it's kind of exciting. I'm so excited. Uh, I, I'm just looking forward to this week is the first time my coworkers and I are getting back together. The three of us are going to go out and uh, just take a half day on Thursday and grab some drinks in, in downtown Portsmouth. And you have learned so much more about whiskey since the last one. Mm, yeah, you would have been proud of me. I uh, On Saturday, I met up with some family and uh, she came around and she, the waitress was like, what, what do you want to drink? I'm like, I'll take a Manhattan. Oh, that's my boy. <laughs> I was like, I know what that is and can order it now. I feel confident in my cocktailness now. It's so good. But before we get uh, into the cooler whiskey topics, uh, what are you imbibing? Well, I thought uh, when I went to the store, you know, just, oh God, I think it was like two weeks ago now, just to stock up on a few different normal things. I saw this and I got really excited because... It's one of those things that I think I always kind of knew existed, but I'd never actually seen. And, I mean, I guess if we're being blunt, this is a tale from the well, but I don't really care because I've never had it before, and I'm kind of excited. I am drinking Bird Dog Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Now. What? They, it's unflavored. It's like bourbon-flavored bourbon. Every Bird Dog I've ever seen has been peach or... Uh, Blackberry. Blackberry. Yeah, they make all these weird flavors, but they make, like, actual bourbon. Please tell me it's not actually... It doesn't actually say in the bottle bourbon-flavored bourbon. (laughs) No, I wish it did, but no, it doesn't. Um, And when I went to the liquor store, they had only two bottles of this versus five bottles of the peach and two or three... or Three or four bottles of the blackberry... I just always assumed Bird Dog was like Pinnacle. I mean, I don't think Pinnacle makes actually like vodka-flavored vodka. It's all different, you know, flavors. So I bought this mostly just on a limb. It was $19.99, so that tells you where we are in terms of your price range and whatnot. And maybe it's because I wasn't expecting anything. Uh, it's not good. Let's just let's throw that out there. <laughs> but it's better than I thought it would be. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like it's, it's not good. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's good. Like, if you come over to my house, I'm not going to offer you a glass of this. <laughs> but um, my expectations were really, really low. And I'm like, oh, I didn't go blind when I took the first sip. That's pretty good, I guess. Uh, as you're probably not surprised to hear, being that it's bird dog, it is on the sweet side. And they try to throw in a little bit of smoke. There is some uh, oaky textures, a little bit of earthen tones in there. You do get a little bit of a wood hint. Uh, But then you kind of almost get like a mellowing out at at the finish. And it's kind of like honey. And it lingers a little bit and it's pretty sweet. Now, it's only 84 proof, so it's not really strong. It doesn't really have a burn. It doesn't really have an alcohol-y taste. Uh, But... You know, overall, it's not bad, and I can honestly say I have had far worse bottles of bourbon for $20. That's the truth. That's fair. 
So what about you? What are you drinking? Uh, I went to the liquor store right before we recorded, and uh, I was looking, I was looking, I was looking. There's a lot of uh, newer stuff, and uh, I, of course this bottle caught my eye because it's from Rabbit Hole Distillery. Uh, of course. Uh, so I picked up a bottle of High Gold uh, Straight Bourbon, and uh, it's pretty good. It's 95 proof. Um, it's definitely got like a real initial sweetness on the tongue, and I liked it because it uh, it's a 70% corn mash with 25% malted rye and 5% malted barley. Um, and I, I like rye, so I, I definitely went that direction. It smells sweet. And uh, it initially has that, like, malty, like, a really heavy toasted taste to it. Um, And then it kind of finishes it off with uh, some, like, spice and pepper on the back end. But while you're drinking it, you're getting a lot of that, the toasty malt. You're getting some, uh, I guess, some, like, caramel or butterscotch or something. You know, one of those, you know, standard sweet whiskey tastes. It's pretty good. Uh, it claims citrus, and I guess I can see it, but I'm not getting a lot of citrus out of it. Uh, but it, it's pretty damn good, and they've got a huge line of these whiskeys. Uh, at um, I, I'm looking at six, I think, six that you can get. And you can get a tasting kit for Rabbit Hole uh, if you're interested in trying them. I think the tasting kit is all six, uh, but they also have uh, gin and vodka if you wanted to try those out. So, highly recommend it. I think it was like a $52 bottle. They're going to keep us in uh, stock of stuff to review for many seasons going forward. Yeah. Yeah, the bottle's really pretty. It's got, like, in the glass of the bottle, there's a rabbit jumping into the bottle, and it's pretty cool. It's like monkey shoulder. It is. It is. I I was looking at a lot of different things, and there's some... uh, Now that, you know, we're vaccinated there's some local distilleries that i want to try and get some stuff from uh so maybe in season three we can we can try and do uh an episode at a distillery somewhere if not season three probably season four fingers crossed for that yeah yeah not not making any promises but that is the ultimate goal here yeah these are our long-term plans ladies and gentlemen how long-term they actually are is going to depend on a few different things but we do actually have plans yeah yeah we can't tell you about all of them, but we do have plans, we promise. Because we'd have to kill you if you knew all of them. It's true. Um, so I, I don't know what, in what order we wanted to do these, but I did have an update from my Manic Tools of the Trade trailer. Well, I, I think that personally should be the main event. Because <laughs> I've seen the results, uh, and I know a little bit, I mean, I know we didn't get into super, super detail, but I know a little bit of what you went through. So to me, I think that should be the main event because... The whiskey news I have for this week, while it tickled me personally, it's not uh, <laughs> nothing life changing. That's we fair. Say. So uh, we are. I'm doing a new segment. Mark does whiskey news, uh, and if you didn't, couldn't figure it out from our trailers, I'm starting a whiskey segment called Tools of the Trade, and it's going to be all about uh, bar techniques or bar tools or uh, weird little obsessions in the cocktail industry. Uh, so I started off. Uh, and I actually have like an update on my first, and then I have a second one for us today. So an update in the first is I made clear ice. He did. I did it. 
Uh, I used the directional freezing method with a small Coleman cooler. I got it off of Amazon for like twelve fifty or something like that. Uh, and what you do is you take it. it it's about uh, if you're looking for, I don't know exactly the size, but it can fit um, like six beer cans in it. So if you take that and you pop the top off of it, don't just open it, like, but pop it off completely. And you can keep the top and put it back on later if you want. Uh, but then you fill it up. I did filtered water. You don't have to go crazy. I know some people recommend uh, boiling the water ahead of time. If you want to, feel free. But I went ahead and I just put in filtered cold water into the cooler. And I filled it probably like three-fifths, uh, four-fifths of the way up. Uh, you know, almost full, but I didn't want it to spill over and freeze over in the freezer. And then I put that in the bottom of my freezer and I waited. I At first I waited like six hours and I got just a thin sheet of ice and the rest of it was water underneath it. Then I did 12 hours and about half of it froze. So you could probably reliably leave it in the cooler for about a day um, and come back to it 24 hours later. And what you do is you set it on your counter for like 10 minutes let it, it's not going to come up to room temperature, but you let it just kind of adjust to the, the temperature a little bit. And then I recommend, I did this in a, uh, on top of a cutting board that I put in the sink. And you turn it upside down, you hit it a few times, the ice comes out, but there's a deluge of water behind it too, because not all of the water is frozen, and that's what you want. You only want the the water, you want that water to freeze from the top down and it'll push the impurities in the water down. And then you just end up with this block of really nice clear ice and you can score it with uh, a paring knife, you can use an ice chip, all sorts of cool things you can do with it at that point. Uh, and if you get a block out of it, there's some really cool uh, ice molds from Japan that I'll do a more detailed tools of the trade on later uh, that you can put a block in and it slowly... Uh, pressurizes it down into a an ice sphere, so uh, it's pretty cool. It's clear enough to disappear into a cocktail, which which is what I wanted. So success. When art and science come together, some crazy shit happens. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you do whiskey news, and then I'm gonna wrap up with my my second uh, tools of the trade. All right. Well, uh, we do have some whiskey news here now. This article is a few days older as we re- as we record this. It's from May 26th. And uh, now we're going to talk about DJ's favorite thing in the world here. We're going to talk about bog water. <laughs> we're going to talk about scotch, uh, scotch distiller, distillery more specifically, uh, the Grants Whiskey Distillery, which, of course, is over in Scotland. And Grants is a brand that I'm surprised I haven't reviewed yet because I drank quite a bit of that in college. And they released a press release the other day basically saying that they had hired a new employee at the distillery and blah, 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 blah. And you might not think this is anything newsworthy. But the new employee, who's named Rocco, he is very newsworthy. Because Rocco is a dog. <laughs> Rocco is Rocco is a, a Cocker Spaniel. And there actually is a point to this. They are hiring him and teaching him to sniff barrels. Because they want all the barrels to be uniform and they want them to have the same wood tones to give the same flavor to the scotch. So, uh, Grant's Distillery has employed a meticulous quality control expert to detect imperfections in the barrels of its product. The new hire, Rocco, is all ears eh, on how he can fine-tune the process. 
The one-year-old Cocker Spaniel has undergone extensive training with a wood expert and is now tasked with sniffing the casks in which the whiskey is aged, looking out for any imperfections in the wood. Now, his trainer, a man by the name of Stuart Phillips, had said that a dog like Rocco has such a powerful, natural sense of smell, more than 40 times stronger than a human's. And my job was to help him focus on identifying specific scents within the wood and then communicating what he's found to the Grant's team. So, I mean, here you have it. Lumber's been in the news a lot lately for good or for bad. Wood's been in the news a lot lately for good or for bad. It's not just the price. It's not just the cut. It's not just the texture. It literally is the smell. <laughs> and if dogs can detect COVID-19, they sure as shoot can detect bad whiskey. <laughs> so the next time you pick up a bottle of Grant's, just know that some Cocker Spaniel's gone over and sniffed the bottle and didn't bark. Because I imagine if he barks, it's not good. Um, the doubly fun thing was when they were interviewed about using all of their state-of-the-art technology that they already do uh, within the barrels and within their in-house cooperage, which is a great word that you don't get to use enough. Cooperage is the barrel-making facility. I love that. Uh, but they have all these state-of-the-art technology with a big... They said that mechanical noses are widely used in the winemaking industry, but we wanted to maintain the tradition of our craft skills by using a dog's natural super sense within our quality control process. Is that a tradition? Sure, I don't know. <laughs> I Like I said, I thought this just really tickled me when I saw it the other day. Because um, one, I, I like Grants, and two, I just think the idea of a dog sniffing barrels and, you know, Cocker Spaniel just when he finds like a skunked one, I think it's just the funniest thing in the world. That's amazing. (laughs) So that's whiskey news for this week. (laughs) God bless Rocco. All right. What's your second tool of the trade here? This is like the actual first real tools of the trade because I, I mean, ice is an ingredient less a tool. And, uh, I wanted to talk about cocktail shakers Okay. Uh, because I'm really passionate about my cocktail shakers and I don't get enough time to talk about them. So um, there's basically, in the industry, there's three kinds of cocktail shakers. Now, I, I'm sure that there's a debate out there that uh, there's a couple of different kinds of Boston shakers and uh, that cobblers kind of come in a bunch of different shapes, but... There's basically three families. There's a a cobbler shaker, a Boston shaker, and a Parisian or French shaker. And uh, I, for one, use exclusively Boston shakers. Gee, the New Englander using a Boston shaker. Yeah, Uh, mostly because uh, I tried using cobbler shakers. I thought they'd be really cool. And after trying them for like a week, I I couldn't get the thing to open and ice chips just kept like flying through those those larger holes and i just i was getting kind of sick of it so uh, a cobbler shaker uh may also be called a martini shaker and uh if i hear you say that i'm going to slap that martini out of your hands cuz martini should be <laughs> stirred and not shaken um, we are doing this this debate at some point this season. It's happening. We are. Go I, on. I have very strong <laughs> opinions. So a cobbler shaker is a three-piece shaker. It's got the metal cup and then the top metal insert that has a built-in strainer and then the top that goes over the, the strainer part. And you, sh- you put all your ingredients into the, the metal cup, you pop the two other pieces on the top, you shake it, and you take the top off 
of the strainer, and then you strain the cocktail. And uh, they're probably the most commonly used at home, I would say. I see a lot of people's bars have cobbler shakers. There's not. I have two of them. Yeah, there's nothing necessarily wrong with a cobbler shaker. I just don't personally like them uh, because I find them unwieldy and kind of difficult. Uh, but they work. Um, you know, th- there is a, if you need to do a double strain in a cocktail, uh, the cobbler shakers strainer is probably going to get you part of the way there. And then you just use a fine mesh strainer, uh, underneath it. Uh, the second one is a Boston shaker, my personal favorite, uh, Boston shakers are two parts and there's, uh, basically there's two styles. One is both cups are metal and one is a pint glass and the metal shaker. I have one of those, too. Yeah, I, I have one of each uh, of the Boston kind. And I got to say, I think I probably prefer the one with the glass, even though it takes a little bit of uh, it takes a little bit of skill to figure out how to whack the cocktail shaker just right. Um, and I know everybody who starts off with a Boston shaker is kind of terrified of breaking the glass. I've been hammering on my Boston shaker for over a year now, and I haven't even come close, so... Uh, yeah, I, I take it from me who breaks everything. I haven't broken my glass yet. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like, especially when you're doing, you know, fruity kind of foo-foo cocktails, like for the wife or whatever, you can actually see the color change and everything happen Yeah. in the glass, which is a nice perk. Yeah. It's a really nice, I, I definitely recommend if you're looking for a Boston shaker, go for the glass and metal, uh, because you build, you build it in the smaller cup, which is the, the, the glass cup. And you can see, you know, you see the, the, all the different liquors, the bitter and the, the juices and things like that. You see the mint. And as you shake, who you're sh- whoever you're shaking the cocktail for, you, they can see it go back and forth and aerate. And it's it's just, it's pleasant. And it works pretty good once you figure out the, the palm slap on the side to, to loosen the shakers up. Um, because there's no built-in strainer with a Boston shaker, you're going to need a likely a Hawthorne strainer. We'll talk about strainers in another Tools of the Trade episode. <laughs> Um, the last one is a bit rarer. It's, it's called a French or Parisian shaker and it's a two parter that looks, it looks like a cobbler, but it is the, it's the straining method of a Boston. So it's two metal parts. It's got kind of that, that fluted top that a, um, cobbler shaker has, and you put everything in the, the cup, you pop the top on, you, fa- you you shake it, you loosen them up, and then you pull the the top off and you use a Hawthorne strainer or something like that. Um, I've never actually seen one in person. I've seen them online. I've seen them used in demonstrations, but um, they're they're pretty they're pretty cute. Uh, they're easy to clean. They're the only downside is that they're generally more expensive and they're harder to find. Uh, I mean, you can get a Boston shaker for pretty cheap. Um, if you're trying to find a Parisian one, that's kind of a little bit more top tier and you'll find that in like cocktail bars and stuff. But yeah, three different kinds of shakers. Go get a Boston. Go get a Boston shaker. I am actually quite particular to, I have a, uh, martini shaker, which I'm saying just to piss you (sighs) off. Uh, that is if when it's all closed up and just sitting there and is inert, looks just like a thermos. Yeah. And it has the strainer as a plastic insert that you could either leave in or take out. You mix the drink up, you set it all up, you shake it, and then you press a button and a little uh, 
funnel, for lack of a better term, just pops up and you pour it like you're pouring out of a thermos. Oh, that's awesome. And I, it's like just, it's the lazy man shaker and I love it. (laughs) And I use it nine times out of 10 when I'm at home. Yeah. There's a lot of different tech out there. I personally like the Boston shaker because you can basically pop that metal boy on top of any pint glass and be good. Yes. It it is pretty much a one size fits all. As long as you have a, a pretty much a standard pint glass, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk, I'll probably do a follow-up at some point where I talk about, like, why like why they're hard to, to, like, uncouple from each other. There's some really interesting science about what happens with expansion and the, it kind of, you're basically creating a vacuum to shake in, and then you have to, like, pop the seal somehow, and all three of them pop the seal a little bit differently. We are not slowly turning into a late night Cinemax podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Don't <laughs> let all these double entendres fool you. <laughs> but we think, are still the wit and whiskey. It's true. Uh, I think that's it, though. Uh, you know, nice, short, sweet, a uh, little teaser for season three. Uh, we're we're hoping to get some more guests and and uh, bring some fun and interesting topics. I'm I'm sure we'll have you know a console war and and some uh, hot takes episodes. So. And I, I'm just throwing this out there. You know, we haven't discussed this off air. And I'm just going to put you on the spot while we're recording. I think one of the 15 episodes going forward needs to be martinis and whiskey. <laughs> That's fair. I uh, look forward to a, uh, a a passionate debate where you are proven wrong. <laughs> we, you may actually get to listen to the end of the Wit and Whiskey cast, ladies <laughs> yeah, and gentlemen. Because yeah. we might not speak to each other after that one. It's true. But anywho, uh, we're not going to announce what our ne- next topic is. You're just going to have to listen in next no. week. I, I have been hit with a gag order. You didn't have to send it with an actual attorney, though. <laughs> that was a little much. I mean, I understand that I like to spoil things, but goddamn. It's true. You do like shouting things out. I do. <laughs> All right, well, give us a toast to end with, and then we'll, then we'll, we'll get out of here. Yeah, well, until next week, everybody. We're looking forward to seeing you all in Season 3 and, and hearing what you like. Uh, remember, uh, we are at the Wit and Whiskey Cast in a bunch of different places. If you want to reach out, recommend some whiskey or, or a topic, let us know. Season 3 starts next week. So until oh then. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Salud. Cheers. Cheers.